This is the way. This is the morning drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Joining us in studio now, it's the town manager of Milton, Don Turner. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Kurt and Anthony. Thanks for having me on. Of course, when I say the town manager of Milton, I also think, you know, in the past, I could have used just about any title. A fire chief, realtor, legislator, minority leader. We had a few. I have a few titles. Yeah. You've had just about every title there is to have. Yeah, I'm very fortunate, Kurt, to have had all the opportunity to do that and, uh, Today in the town manager role, I get to continue to help make Milton move forward and uh, make a difference every day. Now, Don, Don, yeah, as it is on the move, that's for sure. And we'll get into that a little bit, too. But first, I want to talk about um, as town manager, we know Milton didn't have the devastating effects of the flood that, you know, Ludlow and Johnson and Milton and Barry and everybody. But you did have some impact, right? We did. Um, The thing about, you know, we have a a lot of miles of Lamoille River that essentially cuts right through the center of our town. You know, and as Neil talked about, um, this storm was one of those inundated uh, the area. And we are fortunate in that we have about a seven-hour lag time before. So when Johnson is flooding we know that we're going to see that water in about seven hours. That's great to know, but it's also got to be daunting. It was very daunting, and it became more daunting. And I do, you know, I want to say, I want to, you know, commend. I heard Neil talk about the governor and the, and his team. You know, they opened that emergency operations center early, and we were in contact. Our public safety director, Michaela Foody, was engaged early. But I do want to, I want to give a shout-out to the Greenmount Power officials. I mean, we... We have, as my time as fire chief and, and today, have built relationships in, with the Green Mountain Power in the hydro team to keep us abreast. And we were abreast of what was happening. Uh, the most daunting thing from my perspective is when uh, the COO of Green Mountain Power called me at 4.30 on Tuesday and said, this is unprecedented. We mm. are seeing the gauges are above anything we've ever seen. And we want you to know that. We, we're not trying to alarm you, but you need to know. And can you make some calls to some areas that had not, you know, had flooded, you know, a little before, but not to the level we were going to see this time. And that call ultimately was huge. And then I was able to call, we, we were able to call each individual in the West Milton Road area and people 50, 60 year residents. Oh, we've never, I said, they're this telling me, they're telling me this is different. So please leave and i gotta say everybody left they did they did well that's good to hear yeah, because everybody uh, left i i heard uh well a story in middlebury and east middlebury a few yeah. days later yeah. where half the people didn't leave yeah. and they we, were lucky yeah we everybody in that area there was one guy says well i think i can ride it out and i said well please call me but and then he called me an hour later said the water's faster and coming up faster than i've ever seen i'm leaving good, good. So we didn't have to worry about that area. There is one area along the Lamoille River, the Rainbow Place area. Two people didn't leave there, but we were very clear. We're not coming. Yeah, you know, we you can't can. put our people in this. We're not going to do it. You're going to have to ride it out. And uh, fortunately, the campground down there, they all uh, evacuated, took their campers and everything out. So we had we we fared the storm very well. But it was think you know it was mostly because of the notice we had and the cooperation between state and local and. Green Mountain Power officials that helped us. Well, I think about that because Green Mountain Power now controls or, you know, monitors most all the dams. Yeah. And I was initially I was thinking, oh, they they manage the water in, in, 
you know, in the dam right there in town. But to have the ability to say, we're seeing the meters upstream, like you mm-hmm. said, you're seven hours yep. delayed. Yep. And this is what we're seeing. And then they called you to say, you got to tell people. Yeah. And, and it, they called, you know, they let it play out for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had you know, tributaries that were feeding into it even beyond where their gauges were. But when it got to Fairfax and it was overwhelming, the Fairfax Falls Dam just mm-hmm. going over the top. Yep. Um, we they made some uh, you know unprecedented in my tenure. They cut some additional boarding out of the Clark Falls Dam. Uh, they had ten when I showed up down at the dam. They called me and said, "Hey, there's a lot of people gathering. Can you help us get the people out of here? Because we don't know what's going to happen." Right. And I got down there and there's like five Green Mountain Power trucks and ten people. Many of them I know work for Green Mountain Power, but not in the hydro division, and they're there. Oh. It's like, ooh, this is this is something I haven't seen. And then then they started cutting out some additional boards to gain more gate. Uh, that was also unprecedented. And so we we spent the night, you know, till know, eleven o'clock or so, working with them. My team, the fire rescue, everybody was there making sure people stay so back. they literally altered the structure of the dam when you talk about cutting out boards and the gate it was so more water could flow through yes. they had it all the way open they had it all the way open but they, they had the to... sideboards off yeah and they lowered it another and then three they brought feet. in the regular crew to to, to cut to it work yeah so, so they they were they so green mountain power because you had mentioned that before uh, but they really were trying to stay a step ahead of this absolutely and they and they you know they historically will lower the amount of water in Lake Arrowhead prior mm-hmm. to in anticipation of this water. But the water was just so much and so fast that they had no choice. Uh, they did an amazing job. They are professional. Uh, yeah. They do good work and they save lives. And, you know, they were dealing with Montpelier. The Winooski is theirs too. So right. these people are, and I had the COO standing with me and Milton for most of the night. Yeah, so just checking, cool. and, and they're watching it closely, because yep. they are, that's a big thing. You know, the dams, I think this really pointed this out. We didn't get a chance to talk to Neil about it, but, you know, you you have you run a town where there's a huge dam right in the middle of it. There's three. We have three dams in Milton, and the, the Clark Falls, the first one uh, yeah. by the Lake Arrowhead, uh, is the biggest. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, the one at the Re- Vector, which is sort of off Ritchie Avenue. The, oh. la- the river actually steps down about 60 feet. And then goes out to the Peterson, and then it drops down another forty. The Peterson, uh, the boards went off the top early. That's that's the last dam before the lake. Um, So when it gets to the Peterson and over the Peterson, that brings up the Lamoille River on West Milton Road, which is lake level. Right. And we were seeing the lake rising at a foot an hour. You know, a foot a foot a day. A foot a day. Sorry, it's a foot an hour, boy. No, no, no. no. (laughs) A foot a day. But the lake, unfortunately, was at eighty-eight feet, so it was down. You know, summertime. That's the other thing too is the timing of this. Uh, In in many ways, it it made the 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 water what it was washing off the hills because of you know haying and manure and and everything, trees, uh, all sorts of stuff. But but luckily, the the lake was relatively low. Yeah, and you know that's kind of creepy when you see a tree. I mean, a full tree go through the gate of the dam and the racket it makes. We had people on social media sometimes say, oh, the dam is collapsing. I heard this hell of a racket. Well, no, it was a tree, uh, a 50-foot tree, ten, five foot, or four foot around that's going through the gate wow. that whacks, you know, yeah, whacks sure. the dam. So, you know, it was pretty intense. But, uh, you know, like I said, Milton fared well. We have 20 residents and a couple businesses that are still impacted. We're dealing with them. We're helping them. We had federal officials in, in flood. Uh, you know, basements and so mm-hmm. on. Um, nowhere near what other parts of the state, but we definitely have some people that are struggling as a result of this. 
we'll continue to work with them and help them as best we can and uh, make sure they get the support that they need. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think we, we did fare relatively well in the Champlain Valley compared to, mm-hmm. you know, the center part of the state, or even we talk about Ludlow and, yeah. and, uh, the act of the, uh, um, the fire department there, I mean, they, they managed to save uh, mm-hmm. virtually a small community. Absolutely. Minutes before it, yeah. it got washed away. And, you know, and the, Neil talked about the state and, you know, Kurt and I, the time in the legislature and my time in the emergency services. It, it, Vermont has evolved. And, you know, these USAR teams, these Swift Water Rescue team, those didn't exist in the, you know, my days, yeah, some of my early days of the chief and the fire departments were tasked with doing that. We didn't have the expertise. So, to have those people, we had one of those teams at our fire station in Milton um, later in the storm. Um, but uh, it was, it, it, we fared well. There's still a lot of work to do. Uh, feel bad for the people that, that lost and have work to do. But we're all going to get through it. And as Neil said, Vermonters come together. We're going to come together, too. Yeah, the Swift Water Rescue uh, folks, there were some stationed in um, in Milton for a while. Yeah, there was. Uh, where, where we, they, they came from all around the country. They did. The team we had was from the Carolinas. Yeah, there was a team from Michigan in Middlebury, yep. and um, you know, I, I think that this is it is, uh, you know, as Neil said, we, I guess we're going to have to get used to it and yep. and try to figure out ways to mitigate it. You know, and Milton is seems like um, uh, kind of ahead of the curve uh, with infrastructure, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to septic, yep. um, which is why there's so much commercial development on the south side of town. Yeah, um, how do you feel? If you, do you, is there anything that you could do? Um, that the town could do to maybe mitigate the low spots now? Well, we, uh, you know, it's funny, Neil tucked on in, in my tenure here, we've replaced a number of these larger culverts and stuff. And it's frustrating as hell when the state, because you have to do a, a flow study when you replace culverts and stuff. And we had a, a culvert up on uh, Duffy, uh, Hartscrow, Duffy Road that was like a four foot culvert. And the state came in, they made us put an 11 foot culvert in. That's it's huge. Like, that's a huge cost compared to a four foot culvert. But this is why. Yeah. You know, this right. storm, we didn't lose that culvert this time. Right. You know, so it works. We do have some work on West Milton. We got to stabilize the road and put some, redo the guardrails and stuff. But for the most part, Milton survived the storm very well. Well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi. Good morning, Don. Hey, I'm 75 years old and I've waited most of my life to get this off my chest. But they're repaving Route 7 right now, as you know. If you travel north on Route 7 from the shopping center up to the dam, every manhole in the driving lane on the right side has not been raised up, and they don't intend to raise them. So we got a brand-new highway, and every 100 yards you got a thump, 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 thump. just pounds our car tires, and it's like that one on Westford Road where, where Husky Road is, the same thing. Why can't they raise the manholes to be level with the new pavement on a brand-new highway? So that's a great question. And that's what that's a great segue because that was the next thing we we're going to get into is the fact that we have paved yes. from So I thank the caller for calling in and you know, so so this new paving I was talking to Kurt earlier, I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen Route seven from one end of Milton to the other completely repaved in the same twelve month period with the rid, the bridge at Clark Falls re, resurfaced as well. The re, the caller I want to answer the caller first. Um, this project from Colchester to the Clark Falls Bridge we had no idea of it uh, only a, a m- less than a month ago. Oh, um, seriously? Seriously. We had been advocating the select board, residents, myself, yeah. everybody, to get this thing paved. It was so rough. It was horrible. Route 7 was in terrible shape. The southern leg from Colchester to the dam. And we just kept calling v They said, well, 
we're going to redo the whole road in 2029. They're going to take out the uh, concrete underneath. It's a major reconstruction. They're planning for that section of road in 2029. So we kept advocating, you got to do something to smooth this road up. Well, about a month ago, uh, our public works director, Lisa Scheffler, had called the Secretary Flynn, who does business in Milton. So we love having Secretary Flynn, who lives he in lives the He lives close by. He lives yeah. close by, but he had to drive that road, too. So we were, <laughs> we were talking, or she was talking to him. I got some good news. It looks like we're going to find some additional funds to pave Route 7. So to answer the caller's question, we sh- if we had time, we would have wanted to raise up some of those culverts, uh, those, those manholes, manholes, covers, yeah. and so on. And I do, that's one thing I wish we could. We did do seven valve uh, boxes and a couple other things. We just did not have enough notice or even the money uh, to go and do all those manholes that he's talking about. I think there's five, and I know the the sucky part of those five is they're sort of in the traveling. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they're in the tire path. Yeah, they couldn't be a foot or two the other way. So he's talking about down uh, Gimlet Hill or down the big hill. There's two that I know of that go kabunk every time you hit them. So that's why we didn't raise them. He's right. If we when we redo the whole road like they're talking, all those basins, all those catch basins, all those all those. Um, structures will be raised so they're smooth i've brought that very same question up in burlington before when there's a repaving and i've said on the show why are those manhole covers still up like that where we hit them and it's like we love having the the road paved but you have those manhole covers so that's got to stay like that for the foreseeable future yeah because it it to fix one of these is not as easy as it looks you got to dig the blacktop out and and then in the route seven you got to dig the concrete out and then you've got to take the structure off, and then you've got to re-brick it. Yeah. Because that's how you adjust it. So you have to, and generally, re-bricking doesn't mean putting one or two brick. It means going down to start over because the rest of it's so bad. Oh. So you've got your concrete structure, yeah. and usually 8 or 10 or 12 courses of brick to make those level. So each one of those uh, could cost three, four, or 5000 bucks. Not to and mention if take you can days. get a contractor to do it yeah. in short notice. Yeah, and take days to do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And even with those, I mean, I, I always like feel the same way when those yeah. manhole covers are there. They were in Burlington too, and we did p- paving projects. But even with that, I mean, the road was in such bad shape that you were probably getting cl- clunked all over the place. Oh, I, people were driving in the breakdown lane. It was in yeah. the middle of the road. It was horrible. So we, I, I appreciate the caller's call. I will say, and and because the town, we when we plan a project, we just did Lamoille Terrace, Haidbury, and all those. We had seven structures. We redid each structure before the paver came in. Yeah. So we normally do that, but with less than a month time, there's no way we could do that on that. Yep. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, count your blessings. In my town, they just pave right over them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you that's, know that's what we're that's what we're dealing with now with the 22A project. We got sewer manholes paved over. We got sewer manholes paved over on Main Street, and they got to be found. It's just Oh, you're oh, serious. They really did just pave over them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Paved right over. Oh, good Lord. Oh, they're smooth for a while until you want to find they're them. They're smooth. <laughs> Nobody complains about bumps. <laughs> but what are they, what are they going to do when they have to? I mean, how's that going to work? So, well, you know, the town's got to foot the bill for it. Um, but as part of the 22A rebuild, they're locating them now. They'll locate them and then cover them back up again. And when it's rebuilt, during the rebuild, the uh, town's going to have to foot the bill to raise them up. So. Oh, yeah. boy. 
And we, you know, we <laughs> actually, we had one or two that I, I just paved over to. You did. It, it's on our as-built plan. We know where it is. If we have to access it, we'll cut the pavement out and do it. But for the time being, it's nice and smooth. Well, you know, and that's a good question because, you know, he calls from a, a, a town in uh, Addison County um, that they obviously weren't told that they were going to do that. So now they have to go out and try to locate them. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, you knew, okay, oh, we knew it was this, there's some that we're not going to need to access probably, so we're going to pave over those. Um, that's got to be frustrating. And you think about it when the state comes through. It's a state highway. Yep. They're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that the town was on the hook for the. I, I just assumed the state paid everything to take care of the highway. No, that's those are the town structures, and the town has to fix them. And it's like the big pile of debris from the flood that's in the park. Mm-hmm. VTrans helped us out and pushed it all in a pile, but they didn't. They, <laughs> didn't, they didn't get rid of it. So we're going to be doing that this week. Uh, uh, Don, we only got a few minutes yeah, left, yeah, so yeah. Um, let's talk. We go back to when you were on when the Council on Rural Development, Brian yeah. Lowe, and that yeah. organization came into. Uh, Milton on the move, of course. Um, So what's the latest in Milton? What projects have, I I know a couple of them, but I want to hear you talk about them, that have come out of that whole process where Milton is on the move? Absolutely, Kurt. Thank you very much. We we are continuing to work on a multi-purpose recreational facility. Uh, We are, I can, I'm happy to announce today that we are going to be closing on an additional four acres of land that could be the house, uh, house this project. Uh, this facility in the future. It's, Where's that? It's adjacent to our current land, uh, the town Bombardier Park parcel. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, it's all part of that. It's four more acres that will be added to that. It's in the front part of the property, so it'll be easy access and in and out for traffic. So that multi-purpose recreational facility has been one of the projects that's been a driving force. We're continuing to move that, and, and people are excited about it. We got a uh, request for proposals. We opened last week uh, for a consultant to do the feasibility study. Uh, you know me, Kurt, and Anthony knows me. I'm, I'm pretty conservative on finances. We're not going to – the select board is, a, is of the similar mindset. We will move this project if if and when the town can afford it without the entire burden on the taxpayer. Yeah. So yeah. we are looking at ways – this feasibility study is going to look at not only cost uh, to construct, cost to operate, but how do we pay for it in a way that is not on the backs of the taxpayers. And well, we won't move, you know, that's one of the things the select board's been adamant about. And the, the tax base is growing, I mean, it's got to be the fastest growing tax base in Vermont. When I drive from the Colchester line on yep. Route 7 north, there's another huge facility yep. in yep. Milton, yep. paying property taxes in Milton. 90,000 square feet, it's under construction right now, it's fully rented. What's it going to be? It's going to be peerless clothing. I'm, I'm, I can publicly announce it. The owner, uh, Jeff Jimmo, um, is building the building. He started it without a tenant, but he promised me it'd be full before he uh, got it built. Uh, he has a long-term lease signed with Peerless Clothing out of St. Albans. They're not leaving, so if you're in Franklin County, they're they're just growing. They're, I they're, mean, they're nice. growing. It's great. They're a great co- company in Vermont. They they got 150,000 square feet in St. Albans. Yep. They're going to take over this entire 90,000 in Milton. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things happening yeah. in the industrial more money, uh, commercial. More money added to the tax base. Yeah. And we like it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Don, just remind me, because you know, we had the Colchester uh, Rec Center that yep. got voted on. Did Have you taken this to the polls yet, to the voters, for any kind of a concept vote? Or that still has to go to that the polls? That still has to go through that, Kurt. We, we had the Milton on the Move initiative, which you asked about. They had three primary functions. One was the multipurpose recreational one was supporting local business, uh, and the third was a downtown committee. We got a $100,000 grant as a result of that uh, Milton on the Move initiative 
to focus on creation of a downtown, and that'll be outside the Route 7 corridor. So that's in the works. That's 100000 that we've got a committee, and we're working with those people on it. So that Milton on the Move initiative is moving Milton forward uh, every day. We work collaboratively with their leadership, but, you know, Milton's busy. We're growing. There's a lot of things going. We've had got a lot of work left this summer. 